0: Well, here we are, church. How you doing? Come on, let's give God a great big hand this morning. It's so, so good to be with you. I want to let you know at the first worship um, experience, they gave me a small bottle of water. This one, I got a large bottle of water, so come on, somebody. Here we go. Listen, here we are, and I'm so glad that you're here today. I believe God God is going to do a work in your heart today. I don't know where you are with God. I don't know who God is to you today, but I do know this. We're not here by accident, and God's going to do a work today. How many of y'all believe that? How many are not even sure what it's going to be, but God's going to do something good? Come on, somebody. The fear of God. See, normally when we think of the fear of God, I was taught that the fear of God is a dread terror of displeasing God. That's how I learned it, and it was pretty serious, but over the years, over the last decades, I've learned a lot about the fear of God. And, and we've been covering this over the last couple of weeks about the fear of God and, 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 and what it is. But I'm going to give you two things we don't think of a lot with the fear of God. Number one is the holy fear of God is a delight. It's God's delight. And it's a treasure. Now, most of us have not thought about, um, about the fear of God being a delight and a treasure. And I want you to think about that just for a moment. That's really what it is. Um, years and years ago, uh, I, I, I gave my wife a, a, a ring, an, an engagement ring, and then a wedding ring, and then an anniversary ring. And then now we have a ringtone outside the video, and we have all this other rings going on, you know. But just recently, she, uh, she needed to take it in to get cleaned, and, you know, make sure that the prongs were holding the diamond just right. You ladies know what I'm talking about. So, and, and so she was missing this ring for a couple of weeks. And over and over she kept saying, she kept saying like, oh, I, like, I want my rings back. Like something's missing. Now, I'll be honest. I wanted her to get her rings back because I didn't want anybody in the church to think we had a problem with our marriage. Okay, I was just very selfish. I was like, oh, man, we got to make sure this is okay. And so finally one day um, they called. And she, she, like, she didn't wait. She went to get it. She went to get that ring. And she put it on. And when she got home, her whole countenance was different. Her whole countenance was different. Because her rings got back to where they belong. And, and she was like, look at, look at this. And I said, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's the one. And, and it's all good. But, but I'm going to tell you, like, that ring was a delight for me to give her. And it's a treasure to her. And when she did not have that ring... Something was missing. That ring signifies that she is off limits to everybody else. That ring signifies that she is completely and solely devoted to me and me only, just like my ring to her. See, church, I believe right now that in Jesus' church, when it comes to the fear of God, something is missing. And we need to go back and get that something that's missing and put it back to where it belongs. See, see, we are motivated by love. I, motivated by love gave Natalie that ring a delight. But wearing it and living it requires the fear of God. We are motivated by the love of God, but we are marked by the fear of God. And I believe what God is doing with us and what God is doing with his church right now is he's taking us back to a holy fear of God. Okay. Now, you know, you don't see many prayer meetings that's, that's like, we're gonna pray tonight and usually it's for revival and for God to do great things and I am for all of that, right? right? right. Yeah, but, but not many people say, let's get together and let's pray about the fear of God. Let's get together and let's talk about the fear of God a little bit. I think this will do us all some good. But I believe that God is taking us on a journey to rediscover what's in the word of God about the fear of God. Are you with me today? So here's the big idea. Here's the big idea. Those who fear God, those who fear God will love what God loves, hate what he hates, and live as if they're going to stand before God and give an account. Yeah. Now two weeks ago it was all about loving what God loves. And then last week was about hating what God hates. And then this week, guess what it's about? Yeah, come on somebody. Yeah, yeah. We're going to live as if we're going to stand and give an account for our lives. That's sobering. Not many people got up this morning and said, you know what? I've been just thinking this morning, you know, wonder when I'm going to die. wonder when I'm going to stand before God. wonder what it's going to be like. Not, not, uh, most, most likely, no. You were, you were probably wondering if this is your first time here, second time here. You were wondering, is church going to be any good today? You were wondering that. And I'm here to tell you it is really good. Come on. There it is. Come on. You came to the right place. You found your people. You found your tribe. You found your community. That's what you found today. You know, you didn't just stumble in. God orchestrated this, and God puts you right where he wants you right now. He put us together for such a time as this. So let's jump right to the word of God, 2 Corinthians. The apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in a place called Corinth. Hence, this is his second letter. That's why there's a two in front of it, 2 Corinthians. It's the second letter that he wrote to a people in Corinth here. And in verse 10, he states here, "For we must all, how many, oh. all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each, each may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil." Now this is very sobering. Here, the Apostle Paul saying everybody is going to stand before God. I don't know if you know this or not, but ten out of ten people still die. Okay, like, like there, there's going to be a day when I'm no longer here. I'm going to stand before God. But so each one of us is going to stand before God and give an account. This evil is 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 damaging behavior, damaging behavior. Now now I want to talk to you about. The judgment of God. Now, I am not able in the amount of time that we have right now to go through all of the book of Revelation and give you all of the seven scrolls and, and, I, and I'm not able to go into the four-headed beast and Ezekiel. I can't do that today. Okay, I'm going to oversimplify for you, okay, to try to communicate with you a biblical truth. Is that good? Okay. So, so there's there's these different judgments in the end of time. One of them is a great white throne judgment. It's the final judgment in Revelation chapter 20. Okay, it's the great white throne. Now, this is the one right before that, that there's the lake of fire. Now, I know what some of you are thinking here right now. Pastor, are you going to start preaching that, that fire and brimstone? And it's like, no, but I'm trying to prevent you from the fire and brimstone. Come on. I'm trying to prevent you. I'm not not saying it's not there. There is a lake of fire. There is an eternal. See, we believe at Bridge City Church in a real heaven and a real hell. And once you believe that, it's a game changer. Oh, it changes everything. It changes the way you live. It changes the here and now. Actually, a fresh revelation of that is going to change your afternoon. How many of y'all believe that? See, it, 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 it will. It'll change how we think here. So there's this judgment, but you know what? I'm a believer of Jesus Christ, which means because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, I have gone to him and repented of my sin, not all the sins of the world. My sin put Jesus on the cross. And because of my sin, I repented of my sin and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to go a different way. And now, Jesus, will you lead me into my future? Will you be my savior, but will you also be my Lord? Those are the biblical terms. I'm going to use forgiver and leader just to help you understand. So I'm not not fearful of the final judgment. You don't have to fear, 1 John 5.13, one of the first verses I ever memorized, memorized as, a, as, a, as a Christian. These things were written that you may know you have eternal life. Matthew 5, 46, those who have walked from death to life. I have walked from death to life. I am not fearful of the final judgment. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to heaven. I, I thought you'd get kind of excited. I thought somebody else might be excited too. You know, I get so excited. Sometimes I think everybody else is going to be excited. And everybody's like, I don't know what you're so excited. Man, you're going to get excited. Yeah. But I want to let you know, my goal today is not to excite you or inspire you. It's to prepare you for the day that you will stand before God. Right. Right. Well, that's my role as the lead pastor. And Pastor Nick is a campus pastor. And all the small group leaders and the student leaders and the kids ministry. We're pre- we, this is all about preparation for the time you stand before God. Are you with me? I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm really, really interested in that. So the other judgment here that's mentioned in 2 Corinthians, the second letter that the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, he uses this term judgment, and it's called the Bema Seat Judgment, in which all the believers, Christians, those who have gone from death to life, will stand before God, yeah, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account. It's believers that will stand before Christ to receive rewards based upon how they live their lives. Now, how many of y'all like rewards? How many of y'all like perks? How many of you shop at Giant Eagle? I like you. Every time I shop at Giant Eagle, you know why I hit print receipt? Because I want to see my rewards. I want to see them right there. I want to see, I want to see how many I got stored up. I want to see if I'm going to get a couple couple of dollars off my bill of groceries. I'm going to save them all up for a tank of gas. Okay, but I'm interested in rewards. I, I I don't know about you, but I like rewards. I think God rewards us. I think God's, a, he's, a sow, he's a God of sowing and reaping. You sow the right thing, you reap the right harvest. And I think God's, a, a, God's into rewards. But most of us don't think about heaven like that. We think about the sword and the judgment. And we think God's going to get us and you're going to stand before God. And every secret thing's going to be held, held, held against you. But yet, when you're a believer in Christ and you're living a life to please him, with your hands lifted up and your life, lives laid down, oh my goodness. its it, we, we can look forward to heaven. Right. Oh, We can look forward to it. It's going to be a joy. So what is the Bema seat? Let me show you a picture of the Bema seat in Corinth. Okay, in Corinth, the Bema seat was a raised platform, and it was judges viewed athletic events. And it was by, they made sure people did the the rules. Okay, now this is my picture of it. My picture is Jesus is the judge on on the Bema seat. And when we go, and when we pass from this life into the next life, it's as if we cross the finish line. Yeah. No, I'm serious, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, I'm serious, it's like, this is the picture I got, and, I, and j- j- just go with it, go with me. We're there. Yeah, so when, when, when people cross, and they're believers, and they've served God, and they've pleased God, and they've, they did it for the reward, people come across, and Jesus stands up, and says, look at that one, that one's mine. Look, and there's a cheer, and there's this, there's this, yeah. In First Corinthians nine, the Apostle Paul writes, "Don't run the race, uh, you know, aimlessly, but do it on purpose. Run to win." I want to run to win because Jesus Christ has done His great work in my heart here. This is what it's about here. It's a life well lived. So the bema seat is a place where you, that you judge competitions. It wasn't a place of condemnation. It was a place of commendation. It was a place where rewards are passed out. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. See, when we're afraid of God, it's because we have something to hide. When we fear God, we have nothing to hide. Yeah. See, when I'm afraid of God, I'm hiding. Right? Yeah, but when I have nothing, I have have nothing to hide. I fear God. I have a healthy relationship and intimacy with God. And that's what he created us to have, is a healthy intimacy here. I want to let you know, I want us as a church, and I want you, and this is how I want to live my life. I want to leverage everything I have for eternity. I want to leverage my finances. I want to leverage every relationship I have. I want to leverage the work that I do. I want to leverage my time and my energy. I'm leveraging it for eternity. That's what I want you to do too. Let's leverage it all for eternity here, the last chapter in the Bible in Revelation 22:12, read letters. and let me just I'll just read it to you, Mark it down. You'll have to write it down. In Jesus' words, look, I'm coming soon bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I, see, I don't know about you, but when you're a follower of Jesus, that's exciting. You mean Jesus is coming with rewards? This is you. What? We get heaven, and then there's wait. What rewards? Come on. This is like this. This. This is not how most Christians think. Yes, we'll give an account, but I have given an account, and I have received salvation. You cannot listen, Mark. You cannot earn salvation. You can't be good enough for it. You can't do enough good works for it. It's a free gift of God. The wages of sin are death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. I have walked from death to life. And listen, you can take a lot of things from me, but you can't take that. You can take my health. You can take my kids. You can take my car. You can take my house. You can take my finances, but you will never take that. That's a revelation of who God is. That's a revelation of the final, I'm living for something greater than the here and now. That's the this is where it starts to get exciting. But I'm gonna tell you this, let me tell you. I believe that in that moment, though, and this is this is my belief. I believe that I believe that we're gonna all stand before God, and I believe just like we're gonna get rewards. We're going to see missed opportunities. Notice I didn't say kicked out of heaven. There's a tension here. Mark, you Remember that. But it, is, it would be as if I had a whole showcase of all these rewards here and said, all these were yours. Now you still are allowed in heaven, you can still come to the banquet. but all those missed opportunities are missed rewards. See, I'm trying to get us to think differently about the fear of God. I'm trying to get us to think differently about the great gift of salvation that he's given us. And the parents that stood up here, what they're saying is, is, trust me, anybody that's raised kids knows the fear of God. And anybody who's raised kids knows you want your, your kids to know the fear of God. Am I right? But let's not allow missed opportunities. Let's not allow those missed opportunities, sitting back saying, oh, I could have had that, I could have had this, I could have had that, and, and we missed it all. I don't want you to miss out on all the goodness of God. Are you with me? Is this helping you today? Come on, is this, is this helping your soul today? Are you saying, OK? So what are we going to do here? How how are we going to act? What, What are we going to do with all this? Judgment begins with the household of God. Hollywood's not the problem. Athletic system's not the problem. Schools are not the problem. Contemporary music's not the problem. Do you know where the problem is? It's in the household of God. We've lost the fear of God. We've lost the delight and we've lost the treasure and we need to go back and put it where it belongs and be marked by the fear of God. I want my life to be marked by that. That's what I long for. That's what I need. That's where judgment begins. So what's gonna be on the test? How many of you just, when you, in school, you love test? You just love, nope. <laughs> One, one, I, can I have two? Can I find, she's a teacher, that doesn't count. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm messing with you, I'm teasing you. Yeah, like tests. I'll be honest, I, I never liked tests. I still don't like tests. I was, um, a long, long time ago, um, I was going into um, nursing school, I was gonna start at the end of August, and I, uh, I needed to take one class for my final acceptance into nursing school, and it was a chemistry class. Now mind you, in, in high school I never read a book. I didn't barely, I didn't even know how to read when I graduated high school. That's a true story, I mean I really did. I, I had an eighth grade reading capability. I, I, I tried to teach myself since then. And so I entered this chemistry class which I had to pass and to get in in August. And so I showed up the first day of chemistry class. This was in June. It was one of those compact, like, four, six-week classes that kind of torture you in the summer. And the first day of class, the teacher stood up and he said, I just want to let you know nobody in this class is going to get an A. I thought, oh, killjoy, you know. Uh, he goes, actually, nobody's going to get a B. I'm <laughs> whoa. And he went on to say that um, he's going to grade on the curve because this class is so hard. And he said that he's going to take the top couple people, and they're going to get an A. Then they, he even said it. to so get B, most, everybody's going to get a C. Then there's going to be Ds and Fs. That's what, how it's going to be. That, that's going to be. So there was 20-plus people in the class. I do remember that. And I remember doing the math in my head and thinking it was either five or seven people. I can't remember. And, but I, I basically, he said, this is how many people are going to flunk the class and get a D or an F. And so I did exactly what you would do. I started looking around the room and judging and profiling everybody. <laughs> and what I did is I judged and profiled everybody in the room until I could find five to seven people that looked dumber than me. <laughs> Come on, some of you, yep, that's what I would do. Come on, yeah. And I did. And I, I looked around, stopped listening to him. I looked around, marked down little tally marks. I looked and I said, I'm good. <laughs> And so I came back the next day to class because it was like every day we were meeting. And so I came back the next day to class. The problem was is everybody that I marked dropped the class. I thought this is a problem. So I did something remarkable, changed my life. I began to read the book. And I began to study and I began to prepare. I even went and got a tutor. I didn't even know it was a real thing. But I went and got a tutor to help me make sure that I'm prepared for the right thing. Do you know know what our small groups are? We call them connection groups here, our small groups. You know what they are? They're groups that are helping. They're going to help tutor you to get ready for the final test. I don't know about you, but I want to get, I need all the help I can get. So I studied, I prepared, I studied, I dug in, tutor, prepared, and I want to let you know, at the end of those weeks, I got myself a C. <laughs> Never been so happy to be so average in all my life. Come on, somebody. I was like, come on. And so I went into nursing school and, and things got better. But actually, you know, and see, see, this is the thing. Most of us are hoping that God grades on the curve. And most of us come to church and we're looking around judging and profiling, hoping we find people doing worse off than we are so we can look good to God. Because after all, if I can find a few people doing worse off than me, I'm doing pretty good. Because after all, God grades on the curve and if we don't think God grades on the curve, we're hoping he grades on our intentions, not on our actions. And I want to tell you, God doesn't grade on the intentions any more than your spouse does. I'm helping you today. How many of y'all felt the anointing right there? How many of y'all felt the anointing just run out the room? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on, am I right? Am I right or wrong? Come on. Yeah. We want judged on our intentions, but we want to judge everybody else on their deeds. And what really that class was preparing me for is I thought it was all about the curve. And really, when you get into nursing school, at that time I was going, if you got below a 75%, you got kicked out and had to start over. And I want to tell you this. We're hoping God grades on the curve, but he doesn't. The standard is the standard. standard. So if that's the standard, I want to know what's on the test. How many of y'all want to know what's on the test? We need to we need to look at the test. We need to study the test. We need to prepare for the final exam. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13, Ecclesiastes 12:13, the end of the matter all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed, everybody say every deed, every into deed. judgment with every secret thing, say every secret thing, every secret. whether good or evil. Now for those of you that this is your first Time hearing about the fear of God. I want to give you a quick definition of it. So you can take a picture of this, you can study it. It's about the awe of God. It's about hallowed it be thy name, to esteem, honor, take on God's heart, living in obedience. Listen, we need to, we need to never lose the awe of God. The awe, the esteem. Didn't Jesus teach us to pray? Hallow it be thy name. Hallow it. Holy blessed, set apart. Holy. This is a good working definition here. So what is on the test? What is on the test? I want to know what it is. So I'm going to give you some things I see in the Bible. I'm going to draw some things. There's a little bit of attention we're going to live in right now about what we really believe about the fear of God. The first thing I believe God is gonna judge, and in no, no specific order, is every idle word. Every idle word in Matthew, red letters, Jesus is communicating here, and I tell you this, everybody must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. Now, there's a lot of tension here, wait a minute, if I say idle words that either acquit, are righteous, or condemn, set me apart, That that I'll get kicked out of heaven because of my idle words. Now, if you repent of your sin and you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you. Teach me to, to obey your commands. I believe He'll teach you. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been a few times I have used idle words in my life. I'm not in fear of losing my salvation over that, but I know that I will give an account for that. Do you feel the tension? So it doesn't mean I can do whatever I want, nor should I live in fear of, I I can't talk unless I think about it. Now granted, there are emails I get that I have to wait a couple days before I respond. But that's just the spirit of wisdom. Do you ever get any like that? Or texts? Conversations? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the process of sanctification and the process of God working in your life. And the reason we want you to keep coming back to Bridge City Church, because we're going to help you get ready for heaven, and we're going to help you with that process as best as we can. Are you all good? So the idle words, but let's look at Ephesians 4 here. And Ephesians 4, uh, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear it. So this is it for those of us that are Christians, for those of us who believe in Christ. Maybe today is a day and an opportunity to judge, am I using my words to build up or cause rust? That's really what it is, corrosive. It's rust. What am I using my words for? Is it to build up and edify, or is it to tear down? How are my words being used? This is a good opportunity, because I'm going to stand before God, and may I say it this way, is that I'm going to give an account, and there's rewards for times building up, but maybe there's not so rewards for times I don't. Are you with me? See, we all want participation awards. Well, I showed up. I want my chips and juicy juice that's what we want we said well i showed up yeah i want a medal my my wife has never been impressed like like i showed up i came home (laughs) yeah no i'm seriously see we don't apply the same principles to any other aspect of our christian lives right or wrong help me So maybe it's about those rewards. Here's another one. How about deeds? Matthew 25. Matter of fact, write down Matthew 25. You're going to want to read the whole chapter when you get home. As a matter of fact, you've got to read read it. It's going to be good. It talks about deeds. It's how we treat others will be called to an account. Now, there's a tension in this this story because it says that there's sheep and goats at the end. And let me tell you, you want to be a sheep. You don't want to be a goat because a goat is not the greatest of all time. That's not this kind of goat. This is the kind of goat you don't want to be. Matter of fact, if you want to be the greatest of all time, learn to be the servant of all. Jesus covered that one. So just learn to be the servant of all. But deed, so I will be judged according to what I did and didn't do. And how about caring for people in need, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and those in prison. It doesn't just mean visiting, doing a hospital visitation. No, it doesn't mean, oh, so-and-so's down in the hospital, let's all go. You know, most of the time, people that are in the hospital, they, they don't need you. They need you to pray. They need you to support. They, no, I'm serious, they need all kinds of things. But see, it's not, I'm just not talking about the hospital visitation. Are you with me? But how often do we care for one another? Do we serve one another? Do my deeds, how about this? Do my deeds represent a life that has been completely leveraged for eternity. My deeds, yeah. How about my service to the king? Matthew 25, 14 through 30. How did we invest our time, our talent, our treasure for eternity? How we served God with my my money. I'm leveraging my money for eternity because I believe in a real heaven and a real hell. And our goal at Bridge City Church is to make heaven big In hell small. I thought you'd be so excited. I just, in my head, it was just, come on. Come on, are you with me? Yeah, so I'm giving, not out of woe is God. He's going to get me if I don't give. No, I'm giving joyfully. I'm giving joyfully. Why wouldn't I give? I'm leveraging my life. I'm leveraging everything about me and service to the king. And I want to serve not just only in church, but we want you to get in a group and on a team. But we need to have that at home. I need to be a servant at home. I need to serve and give my life here. That's what it is. I'm going to deposit my life into, the, into eternity. And listen, heaven is going to be a blast. Now, see, too many people have this picture of heaven as a bunch of babies in diapers playing harps, cloud surfing. And and, and it's it's going to be a never-ending worship experience with worship songs from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, it's like, that's what people think of when they think of heaven. And I want to tell you, that's not my picture of heaven. I don't know if you know this or not, there's going to be a banquet. There's there's mansions in heaven. There's Bible verses with a banquet. There's Bible verses with a mansion. There's Bible verses where we're going to rule and reign with him. And there's going to be places to explore. And there's going to be peace. And there's going to be there's going to be joy. And there's going to be no calories. And there's going to be come on somebody. You know, there's going to be bread and butter. I'm telling you that, man. There's butter in that rock. Come on somebody. Yeah. Or maybe it's honey, I don't know. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 come on. No, this should excite us. I'm looking forward to standing before God because He's going to have rewards for me. Did I miss it a few times? Yes. In the days still young, I may miss it yet today. I might. But I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to say, I'm living for heaven. God, please forgive me. Come on, I'm going to shake that off. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to say, God, I want to live for you. I'm standing before God and it's going to be a blast. If you want to have fun in heaven, you better come and stand by me. Because I didn't get saved for a prune juice revival. I didn't get saved for heaven to be all miserable. I'm getting saved for a heaven that's full of joy and fun and rewards. Because as believers in Christ who are living their whole lives with their hands raised up and their lives laid down, Christ, their firm foundation. And I don't know what you're going through, whether it's physical, emotional, family, finances. You're going through all this stuff. Ain't nothing going to take the joy I have for the day I stand before him. Come on. See, that's it. And so here it is, a lifestyle, a lifestyle, living a life that you know you'll stand before God. First Peter chapter four, um, you have, oh, the apostle, Peter now is writing a letter. Oh, all these apostles, they love writing letters. And so he's writing a letter, he's writing a letter, and here he says, he says, you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality, their lust, their feasting, their drunkenness, their wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. What he's saying is, have you you had enough of that, didn't you? Right. You used to live that way, okay. But he's saying, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. How many of y'all have friends that are like saying, you know, you're not the same person? No, I'm saying like, you don't do what you used to do. You know what I mean? It used to be like we got together a Steeler game and we used to drink and party. Didn't matter if the game started at eight. Now you got saved. You go to bed at halftime. What's your problem? No, I'm serious. Like, Like things get in alignment. And that's what he's saying. But remember... They will have to face God who stands ready to judge everybody, the living and the dead. Stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your time. So these are just a couple things God's going to judge. But he's waiting to give us rewards, not waiting to spite you. Unless, of course, you're not a follower of Jesus and you haven't repented of your sin and you're still bound for hell, then you came to the right place because we can help with that. I know a, I know a guy His name is Jesus. He's the only one I got hope in. Are you with me? Come on, see are you getting a different picture? Are you getting a different picture of Jesus in heaven? Yeah. We start living this way, it starts propelling you forward. I'm going to use what I got. I'm going to go to Victory and Freedom Weekend coming up, and I'm going to get there because I got stuff in my life I want to get rid of, and, and it's secret, and it's hidden. And in Luke 8, it's going, to be hit, it's going to be revealed to everybody, so why don't I go and reveal it to the right people who can help me with it so I can get free, so I can live in the freedom that God designed. Right? And some of you are like, I don't know what a victory and freedom is. It's a Friday night, two hours. It's 12 hours on Saturday. Mm-hmm, 12 hours. You're going to sign up. You're going to pay. You're going to go for the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to do you good. Why? Because we all got stuff. Just because you pray a prayer, you still got stuff. And we got to pray and we got to work at it. And we got we to apply the, the word of God to it. We got to apply the spirit of God to it. Are you, is this helping you today? Come on. So Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 15. (laughs) No, man. So be careful how you live. This is what I want you to do, church. Listen, I don't know. We we may not know each other, but I want you to be careful how you live and don't live like a fool. That sounds hard, but the Apostle Paul wrote it. I'm just quoting him. Yeah, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. (laughs) And this is it. This is it. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity I have to lay my life down for Natalie is a great opportunity. Become selfless and serving. Great opportunity. See, this isn't just the church you. This is all of you. And let's start making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What the Lord wants us to do is get ready for the day that we stand before Him. Because I believe that Jesus' church needs a healthy dose of the fear of God. And if you're in church today, that's you. Come on. So let's make the most of every opportunity. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm so sorry. I just maybe it's me getting older or maybe it's me getting me getting like more just in, in 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 not only in love with jesus but having the fear of god on my life it's both of those you can't have one without the other i'm motivated by love but i'm marked by fear and, and I, this is the message man i'm, I'm, I'm probably going to share at the men's conference and you'll hear this in its expanded version if you get signed up and come and um, I realize more and more I'm just going to live my life in a God-honoring way so t- I'm going to stand before God. I just want all my actions. Every night I put my head down, I just want to know that I please God. I just want to know I please them and served them and, and, and use my words to build and, and use my life for Him. And then second of all, I just want to spend my life laying my life down. For, for Natalie and, and, and serve her. We've been marked. People ask me all the time, God, young men ask me all the time, wherever I travel and across the country, the, the typical question is, is How did you stay a pastor for 30 plus years so far? And how have you served God for four decades? And, and I don't have a really cool answer. I just have I know I'm going to stand before God and give an account. Because my flesh is just like yours, it wants to do whatever. My flesh is just like yours. When offering time, I want to hold my money, but I know it all belongs to God, so I'm well just go ahead and give it to him. But the fear of God, and then as a father, I want to, even though my kids are adults, I want to just live the, fear of God. I want to serve them in a God-honoring way. And then I want character and integrity to mark my life. At the end of the day, I have my name and I have my character and my integrity. That's what I got. So I have my, my God-honoring life and I have my wife and I have my kids and I have my character and integrity and then I'm going to serve others. And I'm going to serve others in such a way that, that, that demonstrates my thank you to God. My thank you to God for my life. that's making the most. And so I'm going to spend my next couple minutes. I'm winding down here. A couple more minutes. Can you, can you go a couple minutes here? A couple minutes. I'm going to do everything I can to do one thing. It's back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Or excuse me, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 10. Chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done, good or evil. But this next verse, therefore knowing the fear of the Lord, We persuade others. So in the next couple minutes, I'm going to do everything I can to persuade you. I'm going to do, I'm I'm just saying it. I'm going to do everything I can to persuade you right where you are. If it was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it's good enough for me. I want to win the argument that many of you are having in your mind right now. I want to tell you that there's an eternal judgment There is an eternal judgment that you don't have to fear. But anything other than the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross... Jesus Christ loves you, you so much He died and made a way for you and if you don't have a day, a moment or time when you repented of your sin and turned towards God, there's a good chance you're not a follower of Jesus because you have to say Jesus forgive me and now Jesus I want to be a follower of you and if that's you today you came to the right place because I want you I want you to be joyful at the day you stand before God. Now, for the rest of y'all that have been followers of Jesus, it's time that we look at our works. It's time that we look at our deeds. It's time that we look at our service, not in paranoia, but in the sense that we need to have, we need to have a healthy fear of God and begin to look at God and listen to God and serve Him and say, God, I want to please you. Are you with me now? See, this is a fresh dose of I'm just so excited about heaven. That's what it is. I'm just so excited about this. God restore the fear of God to our life. Um, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Come on, um, oh man! Oh, worship team, come on down. Come on. I'm just, oh man, come on down. Come quickly. Whatever you do, do quickly. And uh, um, let's all stand to our feet. Has, it, has did you hear anything helpful today? Come on, did you hear something helpful in your soul? In your, in your, in. How many of y'all need a? reminder? How many of y'all need a remind it? My rememberer gets broken sometimes. That's why I go to church, because my rememberer doesn't work. I need reminded every week. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that the fear of God is going to sweep through this place in a mighty way right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for revelation knowledge right now. I pray, God, you're going to take us beyond the natural, take us beyond the intellectual, take us beyond the things we think ourselves, take us into a spiritual realm right now. Take us there right now, God. So if you're here today, and you don't have a day, a moment, or time when Jesus Christ became the center of your life, and you would like today to be your day, that you never have or you've been living a, a, living a life that doesn't show it. You want today to be your day. I want you just real boldly, not going to belabor it. I just want you real bold. You say, today's my day, Pastor. I just want you to lift up your hand so I can pray with you right now. Anybody here today say, man, I want today to be my day. I want today to be my day where I want to begin a relationship with God, the Father in heaven. Thank you. Anybody else here? Anybody else? Anybody else in the house today? This is for everybody. This, Thank you. Keep that hand up. Keep that hand up. Somebody's going to come pray for you. Somebody's going to come pray for you. You keep it up there. You keep both hands up. Come on. Come on. Say today, anybody else want in on this deal? Anybody else want? Come on. Come on. Somebody's going to come to you. They're going to pray for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't move. Don't move. This is a good, godly moment. Okay, this is it. This is it. This is it. While those people are getting prayer, the rest of us, we're going to lift our hands up and lay our whole life down. Now, this may be new to you. This may be brand new to you. But I want to tell you this. The universal sign of surrender all over the globe is like this. So I just want you to begin to move out of your seats and move up front. I want you to flood the front. I want us to lift up our hands and lay our lives down. Come on, we're going to worship Jesus right now. We're going to honor